Hey, this is Justin Smith. I'm the host of Low Country Locals, the podcast about the people and businesses here in Beaufort, South Carolina. This is it, man. This is episode one of the Low Country Locals podcast. I'm Justin Smith, and for the inaugural episode, I'm joined by Mr. Paul Harris. Thank you. It's an honor. Of this the... is a, yeah, Low Country Vinyl yes. Addicts. Yeah, that's right. Um, so, uh, what's, yeah. What's new? What's new? Well, um, yeah, I, I, uh, no, again, I, I really appreciate being on this, uh, the first episode here. Yeah, this man. is This is really cool. Yeah, um, uh, you know, I guess, I mean, this group that I've got, Low Country Vinyl Addicts, mm-hmm. that, that's what we're all about. Uh, uh, and uh, I just enjoy playing vinyl records. Um, and uh, I don't know if you want me to start with the questions yeah, let's, here. Uh, how'd yeah, how did you end up in Beaufort? Yeah, that's okay. always That's kind of the one thing I always wonder about. You know, I went to college at USCB in Bluffton for three semesters before I dropped out. And uh, I always, there was always these kids from like crazy, like Montana and like New York, like upstate, upstate New York. And they're at USCB. And I'm like, how the hell did you end up here? <laughs> of all the places, you somehow ended up in Beaufort. So I'm always wondering, this place is just a bizarre sort of i call it a time paradox because there's a lot of things that change in buford there's a lot of things that don't change in buford mm. so <laughs> you just always wonder how it's constantly morphing sure sure well um i, I guess well the, the main reason i'm in buford is the navy um my you know my daytime job is uh i'm i'm an officer in the navy i'm a physical therapist uh i uh um i work at uh, paris island it's a smart clinic the branch health clinic um, I've been in the Navy for now 15 years, nice. and uh, yeah, so I was, um, let's see, I was in Norfolk, Virginia, actually Newport News. Uh, uh, I used w- to live up there. Okay, yep. yeah, yeah. Yep. My dad was Navy, so he was stationed. Oh, was cool, okay, yep. all right, yeah, so um, yeah, I, I was overseas in Guam, and then from Guam I went to Norfolk, Virginia to the Theodore Roosevelt CVN, mm-hmm. CVN 71, um, and it was in its uh, yard periods, yard period. So, uh, so every every twenty five years. So it hit its life cycle to to go into the yards. Uh, so Newport News is uh, the Norfolk uh, Northrop Grumman Naval Shipyard there, or, or the basically where they repair the ship. So it was going through what's called the RCOH, um, which is um, uh, just essentially it's overhaul period where they replace the nuclear rods and then right. they gut out the ship and, 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 and add a whole bunch of, uh, you know, new spaces. And, and, uh, so I was in the medical department, medical department there. And then I guess long story short from Virginia, the Navy said, Hey, where do you want to go next? It was either Cherry Point, North Carolina or, or Beaufort. I checked into Beaufort and, and, you know, it's not like a place that was, uh, you know, Navy always builds their place. They always have their bases yeah. close to the water. <laughs> so, so I couldn't have go to out of necessity, right? Yeah, so I couldn't go wrong with that. So, so what brought me to Buford is essentially the Navy. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. My dad was a, a submariner. Mm. Oh really? Okay. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. He was on uh, the Narwhal when I was a kid, which was up in Goose Creek. Uh, then he was on the San Francisco. He had retired not too long before it ran aground in Guam. If you remember that at all. That was, that was no, a while back. Yeah, no, I don't remember that. He was a navigator. Okay. And he had retired in 04, and uh, 
I think the guy that took over after him, or maybe the guy after the guy after him, um, they had ran aground in Guam at some point. We almost moved to Guam too, actually. We never actually went there, but we were up in uh, Groton. And we were in Hawaii, we were in Honolulu, and uh, oh, okay. Norfolk, so. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, yeah, that's where actually I'm, I'm originally from Hawaii. I was born and oh, raised really? in Hawaii, yeah, on Oahu, just uh, mm-hmm. kind of going back to that. Um, but, uh, but uh, yeah, so, yeah, so Navy's brought me to Beaufort. I've been here since 2015, kind of a long time to be mm-hmm. here for, for an active duty, um, active duty person. Um, my wife and I love the area. Kids go to a, a great school. They go to Low Country Montessori. Oh, nice. nice. Yeah, fantastic staff mm-hmm. there. And um, uh, we were homeschooling our kids at, mm-hmm. prior to coming to Beaufort. And then we decided to put them into school. Um, the charter schools here are great. Riverview, Bridges, Low Country Montessori. So we uh, picked the lottery or went through the lottery process. Yeah, yeah. And the kids got selected for, for Montessori. And since they've been there, it's been hard for us to, to leave Beaufort mm-hmm. um, because they're, they're just, you know, just, just a great staff there. And um, just, just re- my kids are really doing well. Um, yeah, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Katie. Yeah. It's like your producer, making sure the, yeah, making sure the, yeah, get, making the, sure the, the talent, the riders uh, filled. <laughs> So, um, Nothing but green M and M's in the bowl. <laughs> I don't want any other color. Awesome. <clears throat> yeah, I've heard really good things about the charter schools. Um, we've contemplated looking into that for hours. Uh, she's going to be going on seven at the end of the month. Um, but I mean, right now she goes to Cusa, and we're really happy with with them. Oh yeah. So cool. I don't know. We're uh, we'll see. Cool. I mean, we've, they haven't. I think Cusa is definitely. A really solid school in terms of you know that age group and mm. and everything from what I've heard. So yeah, so uh, yeah, my oldest daughter, she's uh, she graduated from Low Country Montessori, mm-hmm. Olivia. Um, so uh, yeah, we're really 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 happy with the school. So that's kept us in Beaufort so long for the last uh, last few years, and uh, yeah, so that's 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 why I'm here. So. Did you ever being a, a music guy? Did you ever play music? Were you ever in a band or anything no, like that? No, no, I was never, never in a band. I, I had, uh, I taught myself to play the acoustic guitar, mm-hmm. but never really went anywhere. Um, uh, I, I did take ukulele lessons. Yeah, well, I mean, it's almost like a. I think my sister took them when we were living in Hawaii. Cause yeah, it was a class. Like you, it was kind of required as a music class that you learned. Yeah, <laughs> she learned that. So my my grandmother, uh, she's uh, she's native Hawaiian and, and uh, she's half Hawaiian, half Chinese, um, and she wanted me to take up an instrument. So she she paid for my my ukulele lessons in Hawaii, and um, I, you'd think that'd be kind of cool to play the ukulele. I actually I hated it. <laughs> I really didn't enjoy it at all because it was my, the teacher was was pretty tough mm-hmm. and there was recitals that you had to right. you know had to be a part of and it just you know, it just really wasn't my thing. So no, I never really I never really got into or stuck with an instrument. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I, I mean, I could really say probably my my love of music and and what inspired the the you know me collecting vinyl and I and I you know I, I know that's that's you know what we're what we're getting to here tonight is is the vinyl yeah. the vinyl club. And so forth. It's actually my dad's um, uh, love of, of vinyl, of music. So he had a great vinyl collection, and so I guess my love of music came out of mm-hmm. his out of his love for right. for music and listening to music on vinyl. And my mom's too, and I could talk about that too as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. The 
I don't know. I Katie got me a record player a couple years ago for either my birthday or Christmas. My birthday is Christmas Eve, so I oh. guess I could say either or if I wanted to. <laughs> I honestly don't remember. Because um, I had wanted one, you know, I was like, that. I had a, uh, I guess, I had a bass player at one point when I was playing music uh, with some buddies, and he was probably 10 years older than us. I still talk to him every now and again, but he was very big into vinyl. Hmm. Uh, and he would, uh, you walked into a room at the place he was living at, which was downtown, uh, and the entire room, he had taken all the jackets and he had like tacked them to the wall and just a giant tile. And so you walked <laughs> in, it's like Steely Dan. Um, all this I album mean, art every, up on the... Everything. Up on, right. like, he had such crazy tastes. And I remember listening to vinyl at his house because he had these really just tall, he probably had, they were like... Three tens, I think, or something like that. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, just big ones, and he would he would play, and I was like, man, this sounds so, just so much richer, right? So much warmer. It seems almost a lot more depth, in a sense. And so at that point, I was like, I, you know, I kind of thinking back, I saw record players, you know, inexpensive ones, and uh, I was like, man, I kind of miss having that around, you know, being forced to focus on one album at a time. I can't just jump around on my, you know, on a playlist or something. Absolutely, like that. yeah. That's the allure of vinyl is um, is being able to have, you know, not only the music. It's a very tactile experience yeah. when you're collecting. It's a physical. I should say it's a physical experience when you're collecting vinyl. And most vinyl collectors will say that, uh, you know, uh, vinyl is it sounds better, and it's mm-hmm. you know it's about the experience, even with the pops and the clicks and so forth. That you you know you might get on the surface noise yeah. from 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 the vinyl from dust the disc yeah the dust and so forth or the dust and dust you know those kinds of things but um um so so yeah so um you know as you know I'm, I'm, I've started this club the Low Country Vinyl mm-hmm. Addicts I started that uh, I think now two years ago. Um, when I got to Buford, I guess kind of the reason we started it is, is uh, you know, I, I met a number of people here in Buford, uh, you know, Chris Bacon and, mm-hmm. and, and Sonny, uh, David at Nevermore Books. He sells, sells records there. So I was meeting a lot of these fellow vinyl collectors here in Buford. And these guys, I mean, they have a great knowledge of, of mm-hmm. music um, um, and, and, and a great variety of music in our in our and you know within the low country vinyl addicts we we welcome all kinds of different 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 listeners mm-hmm. or different music you know music backgrounds and genres and and everything from uh, you know blues and electronic music to um uh, let's see uh, heavy metal and uh um you know even hip-hop mm-hmm. jazz soul funk gosh i'm trying to think of all the all the things that we've played at our vinyl nights so but I guess I, I guess what I'm trying to say here is that the reason we started the club is I was collecting vinyl at thrift stores in the local, mm-hmm. you know, David David's play, Nevermore Books, and I was seeing these guys collect vinyl records, and you know we'd kind of be upset when we'd run into each other, you know, like oh you're here taking all you know taking yeah. the good vinyl, <laughs> <laughs> poaching, and, yeah, poaching, and uh, kind of and, like Fight Club when they're deciding which uh, like which therapy group. Each of like, yeah, right. Marla yeah. and the regular <laughs> right. guy. They're yeah, like, yeah. No, You're no, not no. I'm supposed good. to be here on Tuesday nights. It's my night. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So, uh, so uh, it was Chris Bacon. He um, he's been to a number of our, our vinyl nights. He's uh, you know he's been collecting vinyl since he was really young. Um, and I guess one time we you know, were at the we met at the Goodwill, 
or saw each other at the Goodwill, and I said, "Hey, Chris, we've you know, we talk about all this vinyl we're collecting. Mm-hmm. Let's get together some you know at some point, um, somewhere nice, you know, have some nice drinks and set up a turntable and, and listen to some great music. The music that we're collecting, the music right. that we you know, all these great finds that were, and uh, I have to say, Buford uh, has you know the thrift stores here and so forth. Found some good stuff." Good yeah. jazz, rock, and I look through them when I go to like Goodwill or Salvation Army. But most of the ones, like I think I remember Salvation Army, they had a Righteous Brothers album. I don't remember which one it was, <laughs> and I love the Righteous Brothers, so I got really excited. Right, and I took it out of the sleeve, and it was like super scratched up, like beyond playable. Oh man, like, yeah, man, so bummed because me and Katie are big Righteous Brothers fans, so I was like, sweet, this yeah, is a good find, and womp, womp. yeah, it's yeah, it's totally hit or miss at uh, especially when you're. You know, you're getting somebody's old collection. And you don't know how well they took care of it. Right. And, you know, they they may not have cleaned it or or kept it in great shape. But uh, but that's that's kind of the cool thing about about hunting. You know, you never know what you're going to find at the yeah. thrift stores. Um, I mean, unless you're going to one of the record stores in Charleston. There's a great record store in Savannah. Um, uh, a Grayface. Grayface is oh, awesome. Yeah, it's about, dude. Wow. I got to be careful going there, man, because oh. I will spend way too much money they've got some killer killer <clears throat> stuff in it and it's a cool shop it's very cool too, with the taxidermy and all mm-hmm. the all the horror and goth stuff i absolutely love what ryan grayface is doing mm-hmm. there he's just just fantastic guy um uh so yeah um you know chris and i uh, were chatting and said yeah it'd be a great idea if we finally got together and started listening to the mm-hmm. stuff that we were collecting um and uh you know, so we in, so we had our first vinyl night at the Cigar Lounge uh, a couple years ago now, yeah, and that was uh, it was about four of us. I think it was David. Mm-hmm. Actually, I don't think Chris was able to make the first one, but it was David. My father-in-law was there. Um, Carl Mufeld, he's a he's a local vinyl collector here too. Um, and uh, let's see, I think I think I already said David was there. David mm-hmm. from Nevermore Books. Uh, so it was Carl, me, David, my father-in-law. Yeah, I think it was just the four of us. And uh, I think that, you know, we've always tried to make a theme for each night. So yeah. I said, hey, why don't we just, you know, bring your favorite record that you've been listening to mm-hmm. recently. So uh, so it, was, you know, it happened to be some some prog rock from David and Carl brought a couple jazz albums. I think I brought some 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 funk and some and some soul music, mm-hmm. if I remember correctly. We had a great night, smoked some cigars, had a few drinks. Um, I think I brought a pizza and, and, and so that's sort of been the, the sort of the backdrop with our, with our vinyl nights mm-hmm. is get together, have a, some sort of a theme. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then, and just have a great time. It's, yeah. uh, I know when you guys did a, you did one or two at the shop, maybe three or so, but, hmm. and I know it, it grew, you know, each time you guys did it at the shop, uh, at Beaver Tobacco where I work. Um, cause I, I was like, I shouldn't make episode one of, you know, proper introduction but for anyone who doesn't know i work at beaver tobacco we've hosted vinyl night multiple times and every time it's gotten bigger and one of the coolest things about it though is it's like you get a really decent spread of like music you know different people and everyone's i guess in in a similar way to cigars everyone's there for the same reason you know like i I like to think I have pretty diverse tastes in music, and I'm not really opposed to anything. Um, <clears throat> it's just cool to see that you can put on any anywhere on the spectrum. You can put on music, and people are going to enjoy it. It's going to yeah. be nice, you know. They're going to like it. It's 
Yeah. It's nice. And, uh, you know, it would be easy if we just set up an iPhone, connected some speakers, and everyone just kind of select, you know, their own playlist. But because it's vinyl... It's the tangibility. It's the, yeah, it. that's the tangibility, mm-hmm. right. Because we can sit down and... And what I was trying to say earlier, too, is with, with vinyl being very physical, um, you're getting the album art mm-hmm. on the cover. You're getting liner notes. Um, and then, you know, you're... You know, dropping the needle, the tone arm on the on the turntable. We bring a good. We try to bring a good sound system, mm-hmm. and it, and that's gotten better each time uh, that we you know we had a vinyl night. So so yeah. Um, so so that whole experience adds to a really nice mm-hmm. nice evening of of gathering around gathering around a turntable and bringing a, a wide selection of of music. And I always try to. I mean, I do listen to a lot of music. I do mm-hmm. stream a lot of music on Spotify. That's I do what, too. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, I, I won't say that I'm, I'm you know, I'm a complete purist where it's, where it's just vinyl, but you also what, can't carry all that stuff around. Yeah, right. You can't. Oh my gosh. When we, <laughs> when, we, when we did the vinyl night on, or excuse me, the vinyl afternoon at Common Ground Coffee House just mm-hmm. the other day. I mean, it's a lot of. It's a you know, the vinyl itself is heavy, plus yep. the speakers and the turntables. So it's a lot of you know, it's a lot of manual labor mm-hmm. to set that up. But um, um, I do it because I love the experience. I love playing music, and I love—I mean, I love listening to good music, mm-hmm. and I love talking about um, what everyone else is listening to as well. And and like I said, um, and we've talked a lot about the music you—you've yeah. enjoyed, um, you know, uh, massive—you know, mm-hmm. uh, massive attack. We've talked about. I know you were in a band at one point, right? Mm-hmm. Playing uh, speed metal and so forth. If I got that correct? No, it was. Um... I'll have to send you the video. There's some old videos of us playing downtown. You show me a video of you at uh, Hemingway's, I think. Yeah. Yeah, at one point. Yeah, but it's very, like, the cool part about that was the three of us all had very similar interests in music, but we also had very different interests in music. Mm. So all the good stuff sort of overlapped, and then all the stuff that we didn't like about whatever each (laughs) of the other ones liked. Yeah. (laughs) So it was nice because, I mean, I'm I'm a huge Deftones fan. Okay, Um, right, yeah. So that was a huge influence for all of us because we all love Deftones. Queens of the Stone Age was a big one. Oh, great um, stuff. Kings of Leon. I mean, it was just... Yeah. If you came to the house at any point when we were all hanging out, there was it was like different genre every night. You know, yeah. Portishead. Uh, oh, Portishead. That is... Oh, that, that's love, a great band. That's one of my um, favorite bands. Um, uh, fr- uh, Fran, uh, uh, Fran brought that album mm-hmm. to Hemingway. We played Hemingway's a couple of times. Um and so uh, she brought that album one one evening, mm-hmm. and it was just a fantastic, fantastic album. Yeah. And it's crazy that, because that bass player, you know, his name is Campbell. I'm sure there's a lot of people around town that remember Campbell. Uh, he lives up in West Virginia now. Virginia? He's in Charlottesville. Mm. Uh, but, I mean, had I not met him, I don't know what I'd even be listening to now. Because he introduced <laughs> me to so much stuff, like DJ Shadows introducing. Yeah, yeah. One of my all-time favorite right. albums. Right, yeah. A lot of that trip-hop era. Sure, you know, Massive Attack, Mezzanine is probably my favorite album of all time. Mm-hmm. And I say that as Great. a massive Deftones fan. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's crazy. He introduced me to so much. And when I was in high school, I was like, I don't want to say I was goth. Uh, but my favorite bands were System of a Down and Slipknot. Yeah. <laughs> and I still love System of a Down. I, every now and then I love Slipknot, but it's not the same. And uh, yeah. I don't know, man. He just clued me into so much new stuff. And it's crazy to think that 
just musically influences wise, you know, how big of an impact that sort of yeah. stuff makes. It's, that's interesting because usually it's somebody that's maybe a few years older, like a big brother mm-hmm. or, or, or somebody that's, you know, maybe a mentor in some way that introduced you to new music. I don't know. Were you, was he a little older than you? Yeah, or, yeah, yeah he yeah. was older than me and it's, it was me and uh, Chris Lacombe. Um, we, me and him went to high school together and then Campbell was living with him at the time and they were like, hey, you know, we need a drummer. I was like, okay. And so then we started hanging out, and it was just like, hey, man, you ever heard of this? I was like, no. He was like, you ever heard of this? I was like, no. He's like, dude, he just handed me. There's actually a giant binder of CDs up there that he gave me that's got all, it's got like a bunch of Nile and weird off the cuff crazy stuff. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But he turned me on so much, man. It's just like some of those albums I've listened to, I don't know how many times. Right. And they never get old. Never get old, yeah. And so that that's that's what that's one of the reasons why I want to start this club is because you know guys like that you know that know a bit more about other other types of music that I'm yeah. just that I just haven't experienced mm-hmm. and having them be passionate and talk about like uh, Mike McCombs he's the editor of the of the newspaper here um, the Island Packet oh okay and he wrote an article uh, last year about our club. Anyway, he's a, he's a big Bob Dylan fan. Um, and I know there's many Bob Dylan fans out there, and Bob Dylan is, is, has been written about a lot. But, but to hear his experience about growing up listening and his knowledge of, of each song and his knowledge of Bob Dylan's discography is fantastic. He's also a big uh, Bruce Springsteen fan. Um, and uh, he was first exposed to Springsteen, if I'm, if I'm getting this correct, hold on, I'm butchering this, but he was saying that uh, when he was going to, to grade school, the bus, the bus driver in the back of the bus would allow a ghetto box, mm-hmm. and there were some older kids back there, and they would listen to Bruce Springsteen, so his exposure to, the, to, to Bruce Springsteen was, uh, was, was, was through that experience. You know, and, and uh, his love started then. So, but if you sit down and talk to, to guys like Dan Sullivan, he uh, he did a, a on our and we have a Facebook page, Facebook mm-hmm. page called the Low Country Vinyl yep. Addicts. Yeah. So, and we're about uh, fifty, about sixty people in, in the group right now um, in the Low Country and some of those some some mm-hmm. you know some beyond. Um, so anyway, Dan did a a live video on our Facebook page uh, a couple weeks ago. And uh, you know about six albums from 1968. Uh, he had just turned 68, so it was mm-hmm. kind of kind of or, no, excuse me, eight albums from 1968 on his 68 uh, around his 68th birthday. Um, and every single album he introduced uh, or or talked about were these crazy psych albums from the 60s. And mm-hmm. it's just it's just really cool to listen listen to these guys and like Dan. Yeah, um, when you're talking about stuff like that, like Bob Dylan, and you grew up listening to that, like you have a better context. To why like people get him from yeah. there, like why right. he was so much more popular because they have, you know, they were there. They have a better right understanding of what the, what it was like at that time. You know, now sure. it's kind of like Bob Dylan. Yeah, okay. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> if you were back, if you lived back then, you would have a better idea of what it was all about and sort of why it's yeah. And these are you know Bob Dylan. I would you know I would I wouldn't listen to Bob Dylan when I was when I was younger. I was really into punk. And, mm-hmm. I mean, I was a big I was a big skater uh, yep. when I was growing up in Hawaii. So I mean, I listened to Green Day when they were on before they were even signed to a major label. Mm-hmm. They were on an, a label called Lookout, along with another punk band called Operation Ivy. And uh, I grew up um, 
listening to that. And then, you know, any Thrasher magazine for a skater, that's where I got a lot of my music information is from, is yeah. from Thrasher magazine. It's a famous skate magazine. I'm sure many are familiar with that. Um, but they would always have part of the magazine would be devoted to some band, you know, some mm-hmm. underground band that was just, you know, maybe just breaking like, uh, um, you know, uh, you know, Fishbone was, I, I was into ska, mm-hmm. so Fishbone was probably one that was breaking through that magazine. And then a lot of the artists on, on Lookout Label, which uh, Screaming, Screeching Weasel was mm-hmm. another, another ska band. So, so ska was pretty big. Um, um, Fugazi was a, yeah. was a oh, oh, I love Fugazi. Fugazi. It was a, um, so, um, early Anthrax, I was really mm-hmm. big into that. Um, so, so yeah, that was actually probably the first vinyl, going first vinyl record I ever bought was, was an Anthrax album, uh, picture disc, mm-hmm. uh, fistful of metal, um, and it's a, it's actually pretty violent looking. It's a fist punching through a guy's <laughs> As face. As all the album covers yeah, were at that right. point with that genre. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, um, uh, so so yeah, uh, you know, it's kind of where my so so yeah, like artists like Bob Dylan, Bruce Springsteen, mm-hmm. and and some of the stuff I listened. Well, actually, a lot of the stuff I listen to now, I would never have dreamed of listening yeah. to when I was when I when you know, when I was, you know, 13 or 14, mm-hmm. when I first, when music sort of is, becomes very important to you. Yeah. I think they say when you're, you know, whatever music you're listening to when you were 13, mm-hmm. 14, 15, sort of the music you return to. So, um, and a lot of the music was, uh, you know, that was when Nirvana was coming mm-hmm. out and Pearl Jam and Jane's Addiction and all that, those. That change, that complete shift. Yeah, the yeah. complete shift. Yeah. And what was, uh, you know, kind of late 80s, early 90s mm-hmm. were, where you know, um, you know, uh, that kind of music was was really really hitting mm-hmm. hitting pretty heavy. So it's uh, yeah. I mean, I, and I also wonder though. And I mean, no one's gonna know the answer really, but had you know, had I not been turned on to Portishead or Massive Attack or any of that stuff that mm. that you know, I had been clued into, like I said, would my taste be any different? I mean, do you think that people? your tastes are going to change regardless of if you want them to or not. Like, even if you're a hardcore metal guy mm. and which I consider myself, I, I am, you know, I love, there's a lot of metal bands I really like, but at the same time, I love Bjork. You know, I love righteous brothers. I love yeah. Frank Sinatra. Frank yeah. Sinatra was the most played Spotify playlist last year for me <laughs> on Spotify. You can ask Katie. I had it on constantly. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it's, I, I don't know if it's just a, a getting older thing, like you learn to sort of have uh, acquire new tastes, or... kind of open up your yeah. your palate, so to speak. Yeah, I I I think well, music is a I think a personal experience mm-hmm. really, and it can help you reminisce about something, or maybe get over a breakup, or some kind of or a happy period in your life, a rough period in your life, uh, whatnot. So, um, maybe. You know, my wife, she she has, I mean, she loves certain types of music. I like certain types of music, and, and we'll talk about you know different music's you know music we like. Um, she sometimes accused me of being a music snob because yeah. I, I think me you too. Know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you like all that weird stuff. I don't right. want to listen to that weird music. Right. Why uh, do you listen to Bjork? She dressed up like a swan. Like just, <laughs> of course, I, I live in a household that's dominated by Taylor Swift. Right, and right. the Frozen soundtrack, and I'm just like, make it stop. For the love of God, you can put on Sugar Ray. I won't even complain. Yeah, yeah. All uh, you know, Smash Mouth, whatever. I don't. Well, I, I have kids too, and uh, young children, and and uh, so the mixture of uh, 
of uh, you know Disney Disney soundtracks and uh, you know whatever is yep. is on the flavor of the week, the flavor of the week <laughs> right? Whatever's whatever's breaking or going viral, um, yeah. So I guess I've I I think to to sort of expound upon what you're saying, like you know, as we get older, does our music palette change or is there do we start to enjoy other i guess music? would it have changed anyways like is change inevitable when it comes to your taste in music do you think i think so and i think yeah. it should be yeah i think I, I don't think we should be stuck on one particular genre mm-hmm. of music but but i do admire uh, uh, you know music people appreciate music who's who have who have stayed on a particular band mm-hmm. and follow like like I'm, I'm not really into fish or or um. I, I had, a, I used to have a boss that was a huge fish fan. Okay, yeah. Massive. Yeah, so I, I just don't get the appeal of sticking with one mm-hmm. band and just like you know going to all their concerts, listening to all their music. I've tried that. I've tried to follow the discography of like uh, you know uh, bands like the Grateful Dead and um, Dave Matthews and you know just these people that are just absolutely nuts mm-hmm. about one particular one particular uh, band or music. So I so I admire that they that they have that you know you know so they that, that they stick with that mm-hmm. particular person. But I've got to change. I've got I've got to listen to new stuff. Yeah. I mean, um, I'm really into, and this is probably gonna <laughs> this might uh, really you know I might get a lot of scorn for this, but I'm really into <laughs> into uh, disco mm-hmm. um, and uh, um, uh, disco coming out of Germany, out of Europe. Um, some might say, well, it's just kind of dance music and mm-hmm. stuff you would hear in a club, but there's actually some really talented stuff coming out of, out of, uh, out of Europe, particularly out of the, um, uh, Ibiza scene or, mm-hmm. or Ibiza, I think is how you pronounce it properly. There's some really like nice yacht rock and really mellow disco that, that's really enjoyable, like late in the evening, mm-hmm. um, you know, when the sun's going down. Um, and, and actually when I'm down in downtown Buford on the waterfront, sometimes I'll put that on my playlist and play it. It's just really, really nice stuff. Yeah. Um, also like slow LA sound rock, some, you know, stuff you would hear like the Eagles. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I really dig the track. One of these nights by the Eagles. Mm-hmm. That's just a, just a, a relaxing, slow, uh, downbeat kind of disco song. Um, and then... I do really dig some Nigerian disco. That's you know stuff like from the seventies. I'm sure um, that's interesting. Yeah, it's very Sounds interesting. Like something the Chemical Brothers would be all over. Oh man, yeah, yeah. So these these DJs and so forth are sampling some of this mm-hmm. older, and they're they're re-releasing and doing their remixes on some of this slower. Um, so so this is stuff I would never imagine myself yeah. listening to, but stuff that I might sneak in during mm-hmm. one of our vinyl nights. Um, and and play my uh, my my son had his my son lives in New York City he's going to college up there of course of course with the COVID nineteen now he's he's you know he's doing everything online mm-hmm. but uh, he was down for one of our vinyl nights with his girlfriend and she's from Paraguay and uh, I was playing some uh, I got a disco track in there and she was like and it was in another I thought it was in um, Spanish but she's like no this is in Portuguese mm-hmm. so she and she really liked it so that's cool so yeah yeah so so yeah I, I think change is inevitable you're yeah. gonna you know and I think because music it can be a cathartic experience so mm-hmm. as life changes Definitely. your music interest will change well it's yeah. cool too I mean I notice I'll listen to like stuff like system of a down mm. or uh, you know, I had a girlfriend pass away a couple of years ago, and so there was, you know, like Me Without You was a very big oh, section yeah. of life. You know, right. listening to these things, it's like you can almost chronologically remember. 
like, oh yeah, I remember when I was listening to this album really heavily when, you know, such and such happened or, mm. you know, I was living here. Just, it's it's very interesting. Like Matchbox 20, that Matchbox 20 album that was really popular in yeah. like the late, mid 90s. Right. We were living in Goose Creek. So every time I hear that album now, just brings I, back I that, think about takes you right back to that back experience. Goose Creek. Yeah, yeah, you're back there. Yeah. And it's crazy that it, it does that. Yeah, you know, it's just, interesting how the the music just sort of imprints that in that mm-hmm. memory into you, and you and you and you come back to that experience. So, um, yeah. So 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 all that with the low country vinyl, you know, that that's that's really at the heart of why mm-hmm. I've started this club, and and thankfully it is it has become that. Um, and the group is is kind of you know the group has kind of come you know we've had. Uh, a, a great number of people. Sometimes it's just being me and Sonny, or or me and uh, me and me and Dan. Um, uh, so it just kind of all depends, and you know. So. And is it one of those things where you guys are sort of quote unquote recruiting? You know, like are you trying to grow it? Is it just one of those things where yeah, like, hey, if you you know if it's like, do you want it to be a bigger thing, or are you just to kind of let it do whatever it does? And yeah, so. Um, that's a good question. I've I've sort of I've really put a lot of thought into this uh, in into the club because uh, I guess it's like a, a good song. You want other people to to enjoy that song mm-hmm. with you. So I think that's really kind of the you know the, the you know if you just kind of think of basically why I'm doing this and why I thought it would be fun is to you know enjoy enjoy listening to mm-hmm. the music probably the best way you can on a vinyl. Uh, on a great turntable and 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 together um so uh i guess our ethos so to speak if you want for the vinyl club is is really just to get together and listen to good mm-hmm. music and i don't really care that it really grows yeah. i mean it is the low country mm-hmm. vinyl addict so i guess i've sort of um pigeon my pigeonholed myself into that into yeah. just our region but uh um, my cousin is on there. He's he's in Hawaii and he's, mm-hmm. he he tunes into what we're doing, um, and we've got others that are outside of our region that uh, that, that definitely tune into the page. Um, so so yeah, I am recruiting. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I would like people to to take part of it and to weigh in, you know jump in on the discussion and and share what music you know you're you're they're into yeah. and and really enjoy. Uh, and if you look at our page, I think it's a pretty good, pretty diverse. Mm-hmm. You know, we've we've got uh, you know everyone kind of chiming in on what's what's new. You know, what, I mean, you know. do you ever meet anybody that doesn't like music? I mean, that's like the one yeah, thing right. that every person with a pulse has yeah. in common is like <laughs> it doesn't matter if you listen to a lot of music or not. You have someone, a band, an artist, yeah, that is your favorite. Like that is what you like. I've never met someone that's like, yeah, like I don't like music. I don't yeah, care. right. It doesn't exist. Yeah, right. Um, so so yeah. Um. And, and, I, and again, I try to keep it diverse. I try to keep it open. When we do our vinyl nights, there, there typically is a theme. Mm-hmm. Let's do a rock night. Let's do a, a jazz night. Let's do. Um, we've we tried. To, we're probably going to do like get a little bit more specific and do a Beatles night. Do mm-hmm. a Bob Dylan night. Are you a big John Lennon fan? Nah, not a big fan. But I do. Do you I do know like, somebody who is? Don't know anybody who okay. is. Really. I got this giant poster that I got. I'll have to show it to you before you oh, leave. Yeah? And I, I bought it because I was going to just flip it on eBay, but it's too big for me to ship. I'm not bothering with it. <laughs> and now it's just sitting behind a, an aquarium in the house. So, I recently picked up John Lennon's album, Imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I mean, we're all familiar with the song on there, you know, the, uh, that uh, you know the, you hear on a lot of commercials and so mm-hmm. forth. 
but um, the Jealous Guy on that album is probably my favorite song. Yeah, Deftones did a cover of that. Did they really? Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. Cool, yeah. That's yeah. the only way I know it. I don't even know the original. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my age is showing. <laughs> Damn millennials. <clears throat> like, Who's John Lennon? So, um, yeah, I have to really give credit to my wife. She, uh, she actually, uh, you know, she, it was some of this, the germination for the Vinyl Club was, was actually, you know, was somewhat her idea too, mm-hmm. which is which is cool when your wife, you know, uh, kind of gives you some some uh, some encouragement to do yeah. something something for yourself and something fun. So she, you know, I mentioned that um, Chris and I had talked, and she would met Chris before, and Chris is almost a co-founder of the club too, because you know we we'd had this conversation together about starting the the vinyl club, and so uh, but I came back and told my wife she's like yeah you should that would be fine you should do that and get out and. Uh, She's been very, very supportive mm-hmm. of, the, of the whole thing, which has been really nice. And, um, you know, she'll give me vinyl that I like for birthdays <laughs> or, you know, just uh, which is really sweet. So and I think I've turned her on to some good music. You know, she uh, you know, she was not so much a Beatles fan. I'm not a huge Beatles fan, but listening to Beatles mm-hmm. and, and coming back with a lot of the, you know, the, the feedback from other other people in the group, uh, you know, and listening, bringing that music home and, and, and me picking up some more, you know, expanding my music knowledge mm-hmm. because of the because of everyone in the group uh she's you know she's she's been uh turned on to some some other good music like you know um, uh, the beatles and um uh you know she really wouldn't listen to led zeppelin to and some of these these bands are pretty pretty famous and mm-hmm. pretty common to everyone but uh uh you know she she's 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 really picked up on that yeah. it's really nice yeah do you keep up with modern music i do yeah or... yeah oh i love uh yeah i do like uh um uh i do like some trap artists mm-hmm. i do yeah um uh, i'm a big kendrick lamar fan yes i, I absolutely love kendrick lamar I have good kid mad city on vinyl oh and gosh I love yeah it. yeah i really came into kid, uh, kendrick lamar um uh when uh, to pimp a butterfly came mm-hmm. out that that album is just incredible um Let's see. Uh, yeah, I do. I do like uh, um, some, you know, heavier stuff. Uh, I do like uh, Lamb of God. I, I like yeah. those guys. Yeah, those guys are great. I like Mast- Mastodon. Um, let's see. Uh, who else? Who else am I really? I've been getting into a very. I've been much more into like hardcore stuff lately. Like, oh yeah. Uh, Knocked Loose and oh. Code Orange. Um, just really. No, I don't, I've never been big into like the death metal stuff. Oh, okay, yeah. I like Death Heaven, which is kind of a weird sort of mixture of like shoegaze and oh, right. and death. I'll have to send it to you. It's, yeah. it's an acquired taste. It took me probably a couple of years to really get on board with them. Okay, right. Like instrumentally, I loved them, but I was like vocally, I was like, this is rough. <laughs> but now, like over time, I'm just like, oh, this is such a good album. Jeez. Yeah. But uh, <clears throat> yeah, it's just like Kendrick, man. That, Oh. When I worked for Budweiser, I was a I was a merchandiser for Southern Eagle, which really? was a Budweiser oh, distributor, yeah. huh. and uh, I used to listen to his stuff like all day, hmm. every day. Wake up, start my route because I'd just be doing circles around town, filling shelves with beer, have my and Bluetooth headphones on, keep it spinning. That's yeah, just, yeah, that's yeah. all I listened to was him, and then I ended up finding some podcasts and stuff. And uh, but yeah, I listened to Good Kid, Mad City like front to back Great. every day. Yeah, I'd seen all the time. Yeah, just constant. Yeah. And I find it's rare that you find albums now that you can fully like. There's not a bad track on the on the album. Yeah, yeah. It seems like it's very rare that you find an album where, literally, like track one to 
track 13, whatever. Yeah, you don't. All you're solid. not skipping yeah. anything. You're just going. Yeah, and just kicking back on this whole thing. Yeah, there's there's a few there's a few albums that that have that quality, where you can listen to the whole thing. Um, yeah, I think I think one album that I can listen to and I've continued to play. It's a classic album, and you would you know it's not anything real deep. Is uh, Steely Dan's Asia album? Mm-hmm. That that album and and a lot of us in the vinyl group will say that's a good album to uh, to tune your your tune your system to to start you know to kind of get your yeah. turntable and mm-hmm. get your speakers and receiver and all that stuff all, all that stuff going um but yeah um black cow and uh, deacon blues and uh um peg just mm-hmm. th- those guys uh um uh, you know steely dan those guys are just just wizards wizards in the studio and so that that's just a, just a great album um so yeah i mean i i really wouldn't I'll try anything. I'll listen to anything. Yeah. I'll listen to the craziest, uh, you know, I'm talking about death metal. I'll listen yeah. to some crazy death. I'll, I'll just try it all. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I don't think in trap music and, uh, uh, like I said, disco and mm-hmm. rock and funk. and. Uh, um, Is there anything that you're really not that into, though? Like, you will listen to it, but it's it's pretty low on your list of... Polka music. Polka? Yeah, polka. Yeah, yeah no way. Just, yeah, I just can't, I can't handle it. For me, it's most of that death metal stuff to me. It's just there's like no soul to it. Oh, yeah. Just, it's yeah. all so flat and just that and like, I guess, modern country. Modern country, yeah. It that's, kills me, man. It's yeah. just, it's twangy pop. <laughs> Some of it I listen to because she's all about it. And I listen to it and I'm like, what is this? So this is horrible. The lyrics are horrible. There's no thought. And I mean, I guess not everyone is needs their music to be an experience. But still, I'm just like, you enjoy this? Yeah. Like, what? I don't get it. But well, if she's into it, she's into it. Whatever. You know. uh, I, I read a great book uh, a few years ago called um, The End of Taste. And it was a book on... <laughs> <laughs> It's a it's a book on the thirty three and a third series. I don't know if you've heard of that series, but it's 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 out of Penguin Books. I think it might be I can't remember the exact publisher, mm-hmm. but um, they're different music scholars and authors and um, that that write about uh, um, critically acclaimed albums. Okay, so like Nirvana's In Utero, one, yeah. there was a book written on that. There's a book written, I think, on the Steely Dan album I was talking about mm-hmm. earlier. But anyway, there, one of the um, one of this music critic wrote a book on C- Celine Dion's album, uh, The Power of Love, I think it is, mm-hmm. that one. I think I got the title right. But anyway, the book was not so much about her, but just about him as a rock critic b- and coming out of his snobbery of, you know, oh, I can't listen to Celine Dion. She's like, you know, she's, she's, she's too popular. She's, yeah, she, you know, yeah. she's probably the, um, you know, uh, the most popular singer at the time. So kind of like, I guess, listening to Taylor Swift right now. Mm. So as, as a music snob, oh, I wouldn't dream but of listening to She does to have a few songs that I enjoy. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> I'm not going to go out of my way to hunt them down. <laughs> if it's on, cool. Yeah. But. So the, the the premise of the book was basically, you know, why am I going to be controlled by the, um, my conf- you know my you know my parameters of being oh this is the only type of music I can listen to because it has to be, like either some obscure Beach Boys unreleased album or, yeah. um, or uh, uh, let's see like um, uh, 
you know, just just some. I'm thinking of the typical artists that 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 music snobs will listen to, like maybe some, you know, the discography of ABBA, or mm-hmm. the or or uh, the Walker Brothers, those kinds of things. Some some crazier stuff. Um, but uh, I guess what I'm trying to say is that from this, he broke out and said, "Oh, I can I can enjoy any type of music. I can really enjoy um, country or." I can enjoy um, disco, or I can enjoy, um, you know, uh, 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 you know, bluegrass, yeah. and do it guilt-free. Yeah, do it guilt-free, yeah. and just and just find something redeeming out of this mm-hmm. particular song and, and enjoy it. So, but the book started out with a quote. I was trying to say is that hell is other people's music. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, because I think music is such a personal experience. It is. Yeah, yeah. So, and that's. I mean, if you would, I feel like younger angsty teenage me which i was angsty uh if you had told me when i was in my hardcore like slipknot phase (laughs) that i would thoroughly enjoy bjork and many of her albums when i got older i'd probably be like you're an idiot couldn't imagine it yeah yeah (laughs) you're a jackass but it is i mean do you find yourself paying more attention to lyrics or instrumentation or kind of does it oh, that's sort a of good vary? Qu- oh, that's a very good question. Um, I hate to sound kind of shallow, but I really do. I probably prefer a good beat over good lyrics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, and I have to say, others in my group, Mike McCombs, definitely. I mean, he, 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 I, when he talks about Dylan and Bruce Springsteen, he's talking about the lyrics. He's talking about what he's saying. And um, uh I have to say, my probably my favorite artist is James Brown. Everything sort of sent. I love James Brown. Yeah, James Brown is probably that's where all my music sort of mm-hmm. stems from, and um, and and James Brown, his lyrics weren't deep. In fact, he was talking. Right. To, yeah, he was talking to the band a lot. Like mm-hmm. you know, hey, let's play another one. You know, start yeah. this up, or can I can I do my thing? And yeah. you know, so he'd be he'd be having this talk back with take the band. Take it to the bridge. Yeah, take it to the yeah. bridge. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so not deep lyrics there, um, at least in his later stuff. All that to say, really, is I, I probably prefer instrumentation and yeah. draw, you know, a good beat, something that's very, you know, kind of brings, that, that brings, you know, James Brown, actually, a lot of his beat and a lot of his music came out of the, uh, of the civil rights movement, a lot, mm-hmm. of, the, a lot of the anger and upset yeah. through that. And so his answer to that was, "Hey, let's get up off of that thing. Let's mm-hmm. get happy. Let's let's get let's get let's get grooving here." Um, so that's where I feel that my music choices kind of stem from. Something that kind of makes me feel yeah. good with a good beat. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of sounds kind of lame, but um, as well, far no, I get it. It's yeah. I mean that's kind of the ironic thing is like what I listen to and what I enjoy playing. As far as like when I'm playing drums, you know, at my parents' house where my oh you're a drummer, are, yeah. So you, yeah, yeah. You know the stuff I enjoy playing the most is stuff like that. Okay, right. You know, I I used to have double bass pedals and could never. Not that I couldn't do it. It's just I never wanted to take the time to really dial in the pedal settings and everything like that and really learn how to do it properly. Mm. I always just gravitated towards single pedal and stuff like that, like James Brown. Right. Just in the pocket deep. Yeah. Just really nice grooves and stuff like that. Yeah, 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 that's always the stuff that I enjoy Mm. most. But He's... uh, You know, like, Papa Don't Take No Mess. Yeah, yeah. It's probably my favorite James Brown song. Oh, that's... Because that beat is just right there in the back. And also, I mean, I also look at the way things are mixed like if the mix on an album in particular is really good for some reason i find myself like man i wish they could all be like this yeah the produ- production and yeah. so forth is just is really tight that's yeah that's mm-hmm. that that really makes the the whole experience with that song just 
just just really really awesome. You know? Just that little bit of reverb, man. Just yeah, it's all you need. It yeah. makes anything sound good. Oh yeah, throw some <laughs> reverb on. Yeah. The. Uh... But uh, yeah, going back to I mean I there's certain music I, I mean I I enjoy you're talking about um, Bjork. I guess mm-hmm. it's probably not the, a great comparison, but. Uh, like uh, I mean, I'm not ashamed to say I like Enya. I'll listen to some Enya. What's I'll listen, wrong with Enya? Yeah, I'll listen to Sade, yeah. um, and some of that, uh, you know, maybe, maybe some New Age and some, mm-hmm. you know, some slower stuff. You know. um, George Winston. My mom was a big George Winston fan. I don't know if you're familiar with him. He's a mm-hmm. fan. He was a um, New Age pianist mm-hmm. uh, from from Montana. He did do some some stuff in Hawaii, some stuff called slack key guitar, which is, which is very popular in Hawaii. It's sort of a, got a country twang to it, but the tuning on the guitar is a little different. It's really nice stuff. Um, but, uh, but yeah, yeah. So certain, certain genres, genres of music I would never imagine listening mm-hmm. to early on. I definitely, uh, definitely try it and oh yeah, I, I can, I can, I enjoy yeah, this. And it's always kind of funny how it's like you, you know, whether you're listening to AM, FM, whatever you're listening to Spotify you know, you stumble across a YouTube video or something. Yeah. You know, like one song makes you curious enough to be like, "There's got to be more where this came from." Right. Right. Know? Yeah. And I follow. Yeah, I follow it. Mm-hmm. And and another thing with vinyl is reading the liner notes. You can see some of the artists. They'll they'll say. I mean, you know, you can see it on CD too. The liner notes and CDs. You'll see. Oh, okay. So you've got, uh, like, for instance, um, Idris Muhammad was a was a jazz drummer, and he played on. Uh, various jazz artists, and you you know you can see him in the liner notes and say, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna check him out on you know, or you go to YouTube yeah. or you go to Spotify and you say, oh, he was in this band or mm-hmm. playing in that band. I guess another another artist is um, uh, the drummer for the Police, oh, uh, Stuart Copeland. Yeah, Stuart Copeland. Yes. Oh yeah, he's played he played in a he's in done a, a lot. He's done a lot of stuff. Yeah, yeah. He played with uh, um, who's the lead guitar player for Fish? Uh, I don't know. I know he did something with Les Claypool. That's right. Yeah, yeah. And, Oysterhead. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he just he did. I think he does a lot of like scores and composing now. He does, yeah. Orchest- Orchestrale. Like, those Spyro video games way back in like the early two thousands, yeah. late nineties. He yeah. did some of the music for those. I think just really bizarre. Off. Yeah. The so yeah, the police just following him. Uh, Crooked Vulture is probably another mm-hmm. another example. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with uh, with uh, the bass player from from Led Zeppelin mm-hmm. and, and Josh uh, Homme and Josh uh, Homme. Yeah. Who else was in that? And uh, Dave Grohl, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So, uh, so yeah, these kinds of things you you can you learn mm-hmm. from, yes, you, know, you know, as we all do, just following the artists that we like and seeing what they're doing. And what I'll do periodically too is, I use Amazon Music mostly for for music stuff. If I'm streaming and I'm wanting playlists, I go to Spotify because the playlists on Spotify are way better than the ones on Amazon. Right. Um, <laughs> you know, I'll just go through and look at new releases in different genres, and if there's an album cover that sticks out to me. I'll check it out. Yeah. And I've actually come across a lot of bands that Just based way. on their al- yeah, album I'm cover. Yeah, like, for whatever reason, I'm gra- I gravitate towards that, you know? Yeah. And so hopefully, and a pretty good amount of the time, the my interest in that, you know, it fits with the music that I'm into. Right. For whatever reason. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah. I don't know. It's it's kind of strange. But I'll do that regularly because, you know, new new albums are dropping all the time. Yeah. So it's, you know, weekly I'll just go on there and be like, mm, I'll check that one out and listen to a few clips and, and see what I like. And, yeah. That's, know, and that's take it or leave it. in the digital age and, you know, post internet, you know, uh, or, or, you know, you can, 
I guess what I'm trying to say is, before the internet, when you collect music, you you know you had to kind of stick with with what you knew, yeah. and it was sort of a crapshoot with what you were going to get. You know, do I want to buy this album? You really Hope can't. It's good. Yeah, yeah, you couldn't sample it anywhere. Yeah, or you you could hear maybe the single on yeah. the radio, but uh, um, other than that, you were sort of like you know it's kind of kind of you mm-hmm. know it's a gamble whether it's the whole thing's going to be good or not. But yeah. are you a big live music guy? You uh, concert goer? Uh, not so much now. I mean, pre-coronavirus. Pre-coronavirus. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I, I, you know, with my family. Uh, I guess I'm, that I'm, does make it a little. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, a, I'm a pretty busy, pretty busy parent when it, when it comes to, uh, you know, the vinyl club is probably my baby. That's about, mm-hmm. about as far as my extracurricular activities can go. Or if I can make it over the cigar lounge and yeah. enjoy a cigar with you guys. Um, and then uh, I guess the responsibilities and so forth is with work and, uh, mm-hmm. and, and family life has, uh, has, has kept me busy. So, um, and I have six kids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, three of them are out of the house now. My oldest son is in the Navy. It's kind of cool cause we're both in the Navy together. Mm-hmm. He's actually going to be stationed here, um, later this year. Nice. So we're, yeah, we're going to be at the same command, which is, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so, the, so that keeps me busy with, with kids and so forth. But, uh, I guess the last concert live show I went to was, uh, Def Leppard, uh, Journey. It was Def Leppard and Journey at, in Columbia, uh, last year. My daughter surprised. So it wasn't Journey with Steve Perry. It was, it was Journey was with, it with that little Asian It was at the, yeah, I think I he's, thought Fili- he was gone too. He's Philip. He, uh, well, I know that, uh, Steve Perry has come, he came back, he came out with an album. Mm-hmm. Last year, and when I was at the concert, uh, the guitarist said, "Oh yeah, Steve, we want to dedicate this song song to Steve Perry because he's coming out of, you know, I guess he had been, you know, he had not done anything yeah. for after his solo career sort of, sort of stopped. Um, I guess in the late '80s, I think that's the last time he put in an album, if I think. But uh, but uh, yeah, I was a little, I wasn't sure if Journey was going to be that great with this. Uh, Dude, it's insane how close he sounds. To he it's was phenomenal, phenomenal. The guy is, I think he's in his, he's in maybe his late forties. He's considerably younger than the other guy. Yeah, he's considerably younger, but he's not, he's not. I mean, he's in his forties or something. So, mm-hmm. but he had incredible energy all over the all over the stage. Hit every note. It was it was phenomenal. Those are hard shoes to fill. Too. Yeah, when you very got a range hard. like Steve Perry. Oh yes, dude, oh yeah. The voice Steve Perry is considered the yeah. voice of rock. I mean, it's just I, you just can't match mm-hmm. that. And um, but yeah, I was impressed. I was pretty impressed. And Def Leppard put on a damn good show mm-hmm. too. It was great. Yeah. yeah. The uh, she's Katie's a big Dave Matthews. Band fan, which oh, yeah. I am too, and I yeah. love their drummer, like Carter Beaufort. Okay. If you took, I do that a lot. You know, it's like maybe there's a band I don't care for, but their drummer, <laughs> right. which I like Dave Matthews Band. It's not, a, I'm not saying them, but yeah. like Carter Beaufort, I would go see Dave Matthews Band live just to see Carter just to Beaufort see him. play because he's right. his his skill is unbelievable. Unbelievable. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's um. And that's cool because, uh, and that's neat to hear. Oh yeah, like, I really, I really appreciate. Actually, I was listening to Dave Matthews at a vinyl night. We had set up actually for my my crew that that works with me at the Smart Clinic on Paris Island. Uh, we had a going away, um, at what we call a hail and farewell yeah. for for one of our one of our staff. And so I said, Hey, sir, can you set up your your turntables and mm-hmm. bring some albums? And I said, Yes, yeah, bring some of your music too. So we had cigars. So we set up at the Mellow Mushroom in mm-hmm. Bluffton. It's a cool spot. Yeah, it was, it was a great spot. We were outside, a little bit cold that night. Um, but he brought a Dave Matthews album. I can't remember which one, but uh, he was he put on one of the one of the cuts, one of the tracks off the album. He said this album just it it 
it's very spiritual for me. I was mm-hmm. going through a really low point or, 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 you know, in his life. And he was saying this, every time I listen to this song, this song helped me cope or helped me mm-hmm. get through. And, uh, and like we were talking earlier, that that's, yeah. that's the powerful thing about, about music. And, uh, so, so going back to, you know, kind of, you know, why we're doing the vinyl, it's those kinds of, those kinds of things, those little, little, little experience, little, mm-hmm. little, you know, little times that we share together talking about how great this song was. And so I really encouraged that during the vinyl nights is, Hey, we'll do a theme, but at the end, let's do a free spin where you bring your, bring an album yeah. that you like. And then, you know, it's not mandatory or anything, mm-hmm. but uh, if you want to share a little bit about why this music, this particular song is so important right. to you, yeah, let's, let's go ahead and try it. So, so, um, so yeah, we've, uh, um, Let's see. So we've we've done the vinyl nights at the cigar lounge mm-hmm. a couple times. Which we, I will say, the last time you set up, we got more compliments on the music for that. Oh, than we have for any live person we've had. Oh yeah, that was oh that was a blast Dude, during the oyster people roast. People were like, y'all need to do that. Like people were pumped about it, man. Like we are legitimately. We were talking the night because we're getting married in October. And we're like, what are we gonna do about music? And we were like, well, why don't you? She's like, why don't you get the vinyl guy? And I was like, I will. I think I won't. <laughs> oh like, man, I have no doubt that yeah. he can find any albums we wanted him to play, and he would do it. <laughs> but we got a ton. Of, I still had, I had someone the other day say, yeah, man, that uh, they were talking about it the other day. They were like that last event, you know, that music. Y'all need to get him back. Like, cool. Oh, oh wow, People I appreciate were, like, that. Really, really liked it. Yeah, oh, I had a blast doing that. I mean, it was really fun. Um, yeah, I play. I mean, I played all kinds of stuff that night. We were playing some reggae. Mm-hmm. We played some. Uh, um, every time know, I came outside, there was something different. Some different, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, so, so that yeah, that was that worked well. I, you know, I'm not a. Um, that was sort of a, a. I expand a little bit more into the DJ kind yeah. of thing for that night. It was just me. Mm-hmm. Uh, nobody else from the vinyl club, uh, or at least um, there wasn't any of. Uh, it really was just me. I, I, was, yeah. I was sort of doing that solo. Um, and uh, which was cool because I kind of got to play stuff that that I thought everyone would enjoy, mm-hmm. and I guess yeah, it turned out pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we yeah. got a ton of comments yeah. on yeah. it. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm looking forward to doing that. We again. used to have. You remember Henry Jones at all? I don't remember if you. No, I don't think he, I... he was a guy that we had come every event. He came from Savannah. Hmm. His prices were really fair. He was he was really good at what he did, and every event we'd try and get him. He moved, so once he left, we were like me and Ross were always like, "Who are we gonna have for music?" And we're like, well, we can try this guy, and then we'd end up, and we're like, eh, didn't right. quite hit it, huh? Yeah, and yeah. then it was like, you know, you set up, and yeah, everyone was just talking. Oh, about cool. It. Yeah, I'm. I'm I want to do that again. I, yeah. I'd be glad. To, yeah, yeah. So, and you know, I don't have a computer, so I don't have a playlist. So it's really kind of my collection. If you know, if but that's the cool thing about yeah. it, though. You know, like that's what kills me about like wedding DJs. It's like. Every wedding DJ, I feel like, plays the has the playlist. That's kind of the same, same. recipe. They share it with each other. Yeah, like, right. Yeah, this is the, this is the standard. <laughs> right. Just hit play. Yeah. And that's the easiest you know thousand dollars you'll ever make. And <laughs> right. it's just like, man, I don't, I don't, yeah. I don't really want that. Like I said, I've, I've become like a big Frank Sinatra, big Peggy Sue, and uh, or Peggy Lee, and uh, Righteous Brothers. You know, stuff Righteous like that. Yeah. And she loves it. Yeah. Know, so. Yeah, I don't know what what the plan is yet. We're still trying to figure. Yeah, out and if how you know if I don't have if I don't have it, I mean you know we've got a pretty good pretty good spectrum, pretty pretty good wide group, so I could find it. <laughs> but I wish, uh, as far as live music goes, though, man, it's a bummer because if you want to go see any major acts, you have to go to Jacksonville, Atlanta, or Charlotte. Yeah, like yeah. no in between. There used to be that place in Savannah, it's like something on Bay. 
and they never really had any like any top tier. It was always stuff that was really popular back in like oh six. Oh okay, right. Like, uh, what's a puddle of mud stuff like that? Oh right. You know that everyone's kind of like, eh, I don't know. But I mean, do you do you think Buford will eventually, or any? I guess Hilton Head too, because we used to have the ballroom on Hilton Head mm. way back when. That was mm. used to get a lot of major acts through mm. there. That closed down. Um, but, I mean, do you see the sort of the live music thing changing at all in Beaufort? That's a, I would love to see a live music venue here in Beaufort. Like, um, uh, so, so my family, long, I mean, I won't go into the detail. My family lives in, in Tennessee now, in East Tennessee, mm-hmm. and right outside of Johnson City. In fact, I went to East... Okay. T- I got family out that way. Okay, yeah. yeah. I actually went to physical therapy school at East Tennessee State University, mm-hmm. and uh, that's in Johnson City, Tennessee. And it's a small, sleepy town. Uh, you know, it's it's actually it's pretty hip for for East Tennessee. I would say there's 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 a, the college is there. So you know, with any college, it's usually some, you know, they got yeah. uh, natural health food stores and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff, and then maybe a record store. But anyway, I was there last year before all this, and uh, the downtown area right close to ETSU just blew up. I mean, they've got uh, they've got a dance club now. They've got a um, I saw this a great death metal band there called Horseburner in uh, in Johnson City, but but anyway, it was a it looked like I've never been to CBGBs, but uh, it had that kind of feel, stickers all over the place, and real dimly lit telephone booth, telephone booth, yeah, <laughs> a lot of cool dudes in there. So anyway, um, I maybe not to that degree, but I would love if Beaufort had a venue like that. I know there's some good venues in mm-hmm. Bluffton. The roasting room. I've, I've not yeah, been there, yeah. but I know the guy there, and we have talked about doing a vinyl night at the mm-hmm. roasting room. Uh, apparently, he has a great sound system, and he brings in. Um, he has a lot of people coming. Yeah, he does. Yeah. yeah, a lot of. Uh, it looks like a lot of acoustic. Acoustic. Uh, yeah, I yeah, used acoustic. to work for some magazines out there, and we always posted their schedule in the magazine. Oh, really? Okay. So oh, cool. Was, yeah. Like I'd have to go on their website and list them all for the designers to put in the magazine. Okay. Stuff, yeah. Yeah, he had some really interesting stuff coming in and out of there, and. Uh, so I so, never went though to any of them. Yeah, I've never, I've not been able to. Such a far drive, you know. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, I all the way to Bluffton. Really good reason to go <laughs> right. out there. <laughs> so, but yeah, if Buford had a venue like that, I I I um I think it pretty be pretty well received. Mm-hmm. I, I think we have a lot of artists here in Buford. Uh, that at least I think I think we do. I, I'm I'm connected to the music the music uh, page on. Uh, they've got their own group page, Buford Musicians. Mm-hmm. Um, I know the Campfire Tyler is on there, and then um, uh, some of the other blues artists. Uh, there's a Soulfire, I think, is the band. There's, there's a couple, couple different uh, Soul Harbor, I think, is the band. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah um, they were, they were real popular, you know, in their heyday. Okay, yeah. yeah. I, I don't know very much about these yeah. guys really, and I've become friends with them just recently, mm-hmm. kind of through the whole vinyl club thing. Um, and I've been to a few of the things that. Uh, um, Luther's and and um, uh, Q on the Bay. Yeah, uh, it was actually a great band that played on Q on the Bay, and they did some Red Hot Chili Peppers covers nice. and Nirvana. I can't remember their name, but they broke up because one of the one of the guys was going to SCAD, I think. Mm-hmm. So they had they had to they had to break the band, which is unfortunate. Um, but yeah, a live venue here where we could um, have the vinyl night. That'd be great yeah. there to play some music. Um, maybe kind of bookend sort of some of the live mm-hmm. acts. Um, but, but yeah, yeah, totally. totally I mean, the way I see it, Buford is, uh, on the way up in a sense, like it's 
growing like crazy. Ladies oh. Island especially. Okay. You know, Ladies yeah. Island's getting huge. Um, it's growing at a, at a crazy rate. And so I, the way I see it, eventually we're going to have like a younger demographic will, you know, eventually move into city council, like mm. my generation, whatever. Mm. And I feel like things like that will start to sort of take off and yeah, you know, we'll see. I mean, there, there have been a few that have come and gone as far as venues. Um, I know there was one, what was it called? I can't remember. There was one when I was not long after I graduated high school and it was around for a little while, but it was catered to sort of the, uh, like alt metal bands and stuff like that. Not really anything that was, all the kids were underage, so they weren't mm. making any money. You know, they couldn't, they weren't making any money in a bar because yeah. no one was drinking, huh. you know, and it just, I think it lasted a couple months, maybe a year tops, mm. but so it was, it was a, sounded cool. underground kind yeah, of, like kind of under, yeah, yeah, I love that sort of, of had yeah. that feel, but <clears throat> it, uh, it never took off and. That, that would be cool. That That's what I like to see underground yeah. kind of stuff come up. You know, I like to think our vinyl club kind of has that feel sort of, it's the people. It's, yeah. you know, us coming together and, and providing something special to, uh, to the area. So, uh, I mean, I, I've, I've, I've driven around downtown on the waterfront kind of thing. Oh, I'd love to play there. In fact, uh, before the COVID-19 thing, I was set to play at the Tebow gallery to do a vinyl night there for, you know, on the yeah. first, fri- first yeah. Friday. Yeah. And so, uh, but, but unfortunately the, the, the uh, coronavirus um, jacked, all that up. jacked all that up. And everything so, else. <laughs> yeah. So hopefully some, some first Friday here soon, the, uh, uh, I'll be able to set up some turntables and play some, probably some, a little more jazz, a little bit more kind of downbeat stuff mm-hmm. for, for on a first Friday in the Tebow gallery, just because I love to, I love to, to, to do that kind of stuff. Yeah, and I think yeah. that's why that that one venue that I was talking about didn't survive is because it was more catered to one section. You oh, know, right. If you had a venue that was like, you know, on such and such night we have jazz, on this night we have R&B, whatever, you know, something that that is a little more all inclusive in a sense yeah. in terms of genres and yeah. stuff. I feel like it would go a lot farther. I think that would be great. Yeah, where everyone sort of all genres are welcome mm-hmm. and and. Uh, you know they have a good business model that, that yeah. keeps people happy and uh, and and allows for a great time. So, but yeah, something like the roasting room would, I feel like, would do really well. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that and I was thinking of why I brought up the roasting room is um, the corner perk in Port Royal. Mm-hmm. The guy and you may know this. The guy that owns the roasting room owns the corner perk. Yeah. And and we've had we've done what's what I call the vinyl lunch mm-hmm. at the at corner perk. Uh, and that was, it was usually like kind of, uh, kind of early in the week. I think we did a Tuesday, a couple Tuesdays. I put out a message to those on the low country vinyl acts or low country vinyl addicts webpage and, uh, saying, Hey, let's meet together. Just bring one album or two that you mm-hmm. were listening. Cause we had about an hour and they have a, they have a turntable in the coffee house already set up. Oh, so, cool. so it was easy. Yeah. We just set up the, you know, bring our albums uh, have a cup of coffee, enjoy some lunch there. Uh, so, so not only do we get to experience some great music mm-hmm. on vinyl, but we're also providing business to to that coffee yeah, house. Um, uh, you know, that's that's why you know the, the times that we have set up at the at the cigar lounge is I want I, and I always like hey you know Raj is, mm-hmm. is allowing us to use this place the lounge upstairs yep. uh, for free, which is really nice of him. Um, and you know, so, so please, uh, support him, you mm-hmm. know, get a cigar, get a drink, um, you know, and, 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 uh, so, so I really, and that was another reason why we did it. Nevermore books, David Anderson's mm-hmm. place. 
I haven't uh, been in his new location. I went in when oh. he was in that like underground spot. Yeah, that was a that was a cool place. He actually pre Hurricane Matthews. Pre Hurricane Matthews, yeah. yeah. He had a really cool vinyl den, I called yeah, it yeah. downstairs. David is um he's a, he's an art he was the art director for a recent movie called uh, Stars Fell Over Alabama, mm-hmm. which is apparently gonna be released next next year. Well, I don't know if it's probably been delayed because of all this, but yeah. but uh he is. He's got a very good artistic mindset. If you go into there, it's a, a, a it's an interesting. Uh, it's guy. an I interesting. Here, over here in conversations. Yeah, you know, when yeah. you're upstairs at Vinyl Night and stuff like that, listen to him talk. And yeah, I always very get, interesting guy. I always get something cool when I come out of mm-hmm. his store. Vinyl from Vinyl. Yeah. He, he uh, it's some of it's from his collection, and he's a good purveyor of collecting some some obscure stuff. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you how many times I've I've I'm like. Uh, oh, I really want to find uh, Herbie Hancock's album, uh, Headhunters. Mm-hmm. And Herbie Hancock, next to James Brown, is probably my favorite jazz artist because he just he just across the spectrum, right? You know, soul. I mean, excuse me, jazz, funk, and bebop, jazz, mm-hmm. and then synth electronic stuff in the late eighty, in the mid early eighties, I should say. Um, anyway, all that to say is that I was interested in that album. I went in and David said, hey, you know, are you, you know, what albums are you looking for? I said, oh, I'm looking for Herbie Hancock. Oh, yeah, I've got that. He hooked me up with it. Um, there was some Brazilian jazz that I was mm-hmm. kind of interested in at one time. Walked in. He happened to have the album I was looking for. It was pretty crazy. Right here in Buford. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, I found I found actually a lot of really good vinyl right here in Buford at the thrift stores, at David's place. Yeah. Um Sonny has uh, he sells records mm-hmm. out of a, a storage unit right down in Port Royal, really close to Parker's, <clears throat> and he's got um, he's got a pretty good selection of stuff. Just throwing that putting that plug out there for yeah. Sonny. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, go back to David. David has a fantastic place, really mm-hmm. really cool place. Re- really really enjoy my friendship our yeah. friendship with I David. Need to, I yeah. need to check it out. Yeah, check it out. That used to be a bookstore back in the day. That oh, okay. was a bookstore. All right. Years ago, and then it was a coffee shop, and then it was oh. I think an art gallery. I don't. It's it's morphed a lot over the years. And just, yeah, just go in there and look at the 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 landlord that owns a place. Mm-hmm. He's he's left all his art in there, all his lithographs and uh, posters, and he has got some really 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 cool stuff mm-hmm. in there. Yeah. I mean, do you think? Like, I've always wondered why some of the bookstores, you know, never more excluded, uh, haven't carried vinyl. Because I mean, you see Barnes and Nobles now. Their their vinyl section is is pretty extensive, considering yeah. that you know it's not as popular as it used to be, but it is sort of on the rise. Um, I've always wondered why other bookstores maybe haven't jumped on that and sort of made that a more of a thing, you know, if it's yeah. if it's growing in popularity in a sense. But at the same time, I know record stores in general are kind of becoming like drive-ins, and they're getting fewer and far between. Yeah, they're sort of. Sort of archaic now, or one you know when you know the year when CDs became into popularity, and actually no, that's not really the, the reason. I guess with the digital age mm-hmm. um, and and album sales really falling off in the late nineties and early 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 aughts, vinyl record stores you know started closing their doors. Yeah. Um, but because vinyl has made a comeback, uh, I think from two thousand eight two thousand nine, it's you know I think probably with the hipster culture and so forth it's you know everyone collecting cassettes and VHS. Well, I feel like it's that tangibility thing again. Yeah, yeah, know? really yeah, I shouldn't yeah, I shouldn't uh, throw the hipsters under the bus so to speak, but I think that yeah, the tangible experience and uh, 
uh, people wanting to connect mm-hmm. with uh, maybe what their their parents had or their grandparents had just that uh, just that the nostalgic experience yeah. of listening to vinyl so it's coming back and I can't really say why uh, I mean we don't have a record store here in Buford other than right. we don't have a really dedicated record mm-hmm. store here in Buford that and David's not selling anything new he's in mm-hmm. his used collection um, but you gotta wonder I mean Buford does have an older demographic that's more in tune with that sort of era of, of music you yeah. would think that that would actually probably do fairly well here it, I, I think so um, and the and the stuff that I find at the thrift stores there are some people out there that collected some really good vinyl mm-hmm. particularly um, blues and jazz um, I mean I found some you know Blue, Blue Note um, is pretty well regarded as is one of the best labels for jazz and i've Mm -hmm. I've found a number of blue note label uh, albums in the thrift stores so somebody in this in this area and these are people that are drop you know they're they're dropping off their stuff these are typically not people from out of town unless they're military are dropping off their vinyl and uh, i'm like wow somebody really had good taste Mm -hmm. really good taste and that's something i think about too you know i have like a one of ginger breakers albums uh and then i have like some charlie rich you know older stuff oh ginger which album ginger baker album do you i'd have to i don't even know oh yeah he's look. it's not like the cover's white and it's like a cartoon drawing of him on the front oh okay i can't it's it's embossed but I, i've never actually oh, stopped yeah. because he'll have to look before you leave yeah but. i mean it's it, the drummer of cream i mean yeah. he uh he did a lot of stuff with uh i was talking about um nigerian music yeah he did a lot of african he did a lot of african yeah with fella cootie yeah. which uh just really really cool stuff mm-hmm. really do you cool ever watch that documentary on him no, no, I haven't seen oh, it. Oh, dude, it's, it's crazy. good. You need to watch. Yeah, it. it's called Beware, Mr. Baker. Beware, Mr. Baker. Okay, I'll it's, check it out. It's wild. I mean, he he passed away recently. Um, huh. I think it was recently, within the last like, yeah. year or two. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, but last this year, documentary, yeah. dude, that like they talk about some like they show him in his heyday and they see him now, and he's right. he was really a crotchety old bastard. <laughs> 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 it's oh pretty God. funny. It's a good documentary. Yeah, yeah. I'll have to I'll find the link and I'll send it to you. Okay. Um, but yeah, like older stuff like that to me. The fact that it's still here, it's kind of like finding a penny from like the 1950s. Mm. Like you think about all the pockets that's been it's in, been all true, the thing. Yeah. It's been the same the time thing with that. that. Has passed. Right. Yeah. Like yeah. how many hands has this thing changed? Absolutely. You know, it ended yeah. up from there to here. Just that yeah, the, sort of aspect of it to me is what's the, interesting with older, you know, older stuff. Yeah, the history behind that. I mean, uh, yeah, it just and like, it's funny. A lot of record records you you, know, you collect, you, you get a. Uh, a Led Zeppelin album or maybe a Santana album or um, and if you you can smell the like the yeah the marijuana the age, that, that yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you can smell yeah. like somebody's really smoking you someone know, enjoyed that one somebody a lot. enjoyed that one a lot yeah yeah so um, it's just neat I like I like when I first started working you know when I was 16 whatever when we had Best Buy still I used to get paid and this is before I had bills it was a much simpler time <laughs> Um, I'd go to Best Buy, dude, and I'd I'd drop like fifty, sixty bucks on CDs. I'd just go and get like five of them. Yeah. You know, and if I saw it, like entire discographies, like every Slipknot album they had. Yeah. I'd go and buy a System of a Down. Um, I mean, tons of stuff. Tons I don't even know where they all are anymore. I think I got rid of them, but I just it was that tangibility of it. It was yeah. like I want to have this, and then in a few years, I like I still have it. Like, yeah. It's still here. I could still put this in the CD player. Yeah. It's still going to be... You can't do that with MP3s, obviously. No. I mean, the internet has sort of, uh, you know, equalized everything yeah. with, you know... Um, yeah, that was a good thing about CDs. Uh, 
I probably collected more CDs when I... I mean, I've been collecting since I was 13 or 14. Were you ever uh, remember one of those, like, subscription services? Where, where you pay, like, a penny you, yeah, and you get a bunch of... Yeah, yeah. I, I did that a little bit later when... Uh, I, unfortunately, I got kind of spiritual and the and kind of religious in the late, uh, late 90s. So, like, rock and so forth that came out in the 90s, mm-hmm. like, you know, System of a Down, you were talking about them, yeah. and Slipknot, yeah. and... Uh, um, some of those bands that, uh, uh, you know, Deftones you're, you mentioned earlier, a lot of these bands are kind of like late nineties, um, early aughts, uh, you know, it was a time where it, it did some wasn't dumb. Wasn't really jiving. Wasn't really jiving. Yeah. yeah. I was sort of into, you know, Christian music and mm-hmm. spiritual music at that time, which there was some pretty good stuff like DC talk and jars of clay and those, and those kinds of guys. Um, and then, uh, sort of, you know, dropped away from that and got back into music I really like and mm-hmm. and now and I think I'm in a better place too because I really enjoy all kinds of yeah. music yeah and stuff like I said stuff I wouldn't imagine yeah. listening to I mean to. you see, like you like I said you go back and you listen to it and you see sort of that transition and you know the different periods yeah. and stuff like that like Absolutely. when I listen to uh, Catch for the Foxes by Me Without You which is another one of my favorite albums like there was a point in time where I got into this like really weird and not necessarily existential but like I need to be doing more with myself as a human being on this planet. And I was like, I want to go join the Peace Corps. And that was when I realized I needed a degree. (laughs) And so I was like, well, crap. But that album, like, I listen to that now. And that's like, I'm like, what What was I doing? (laughs) It was was weird. What's going on? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's interesting. You know, Slipknot now. I'm like, this isn't nearly as awesome as I remember it being. (laughs) And that's the case. It's not as heavy as I remember. Yeah, back then it was, you know, it was like, some of these lyrics kind of cringy. Yeah, they kind of hurt. Yeah, like, yeah. Now, it's not. It was the coolest thing when I was a kid. Now I was too. I'm like, mm, yeah, really. <laughs> yeah, I, I go back to uh, I go back to music like uh, Fugazi. Actually, is a band I, I will I still listen to and still it's almost timeless mm-hmm. for me as far as that feel. But like early punk, like he was in a band called um, uh, Minor Threat. Yep. I, I, I mean, great, great stuff. But when I go back and listen, I'm like this is a little bit. Yeah, it's a little too repetitive for me. It's just mm-hmm. a little bit, a little bit too, you know. Doesn't didn't age all that well for me. Yeah. Um, earlier Bad Brains was uh, was a you know some of their earlier stuff, um, even like Black Flag and and, and those kinds of earlier earlier punk uh, like pre Henry Rollins Black pre- Flag. Hen- yeah, yeah, that kind of stuff. Yeah. So it's a little bit. Uh, you ever get I, into failure at all? No, no. Oh, failure's a good. One. Failure's good. Yeah, I love failure. Failure, huh? I'll check that that's out. Another, that's from that like, sort of Fugazi era. Yeah. Uh, really good stuff. I don't, I don't have any of it on vinyl, but I'll have to send you some links. That's the thing, man. Like music people, you get them together. It's like you know this one. No, you don't. Okay, I'm, I'm gonna add it on a playlist. You get yeah. that playlist, and it's like yeah, it's eight hours long. Oh my god, yeah. It's, it's like you're never gonna get through it, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> you're getting it anyways. Yeah. <clears throat> I really dig um, James Murphy. He's the lead singer of LCD Sound System. Mm-hmm. He's got a pretty eclectic pretty wide range uh, of music if you follow his his spotify playlist you're gonna get uh you're gonna get um uh celia del de cruz, de cruz and mm-hmm. uh um like I, I think i mentioned the walker brothers earlier which is uh you're gonna get some uh, uh the who and you're gonna get uh, a lot of a lot of pretty wide range of stuff yep. um even some some kraut rock which mm-hmm. is uh like a band called new and uh like craft work craft work yeah. yeah unfortunately mm-hmm. uh, um, one of the Kraftwerk members recently passed away. Oh, really? Yeah, but yeah, Kraftwerk and Can, uh, a lot of uh, some some deep stuff coming mm-hmm. out, uh, electronic stuff that uh, is 
pretty well pretty well revered by uh, yeah. a lot of you know people that really love music. And so now, do you find albums to be sort of I say seasonal, but like there's some albums like Deftones, White Pony, Massive Attack, Mezzanine. Mm. Like to me, those are night albums. Oh like, yeah, you don't get the same effect during the day. But if you put that on while you're driving at midnight, it just for some other reason it just works so much better with that. And like even like with scenery, like if you're driving somewhere and you're playing something, it sort of fits better with that. Oh my you god, know, like yeah. Albums I want to listen to in the fall. Like there's some albums that if it's hot out for whatever reason, it's just not the same. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Did there's... you find that with, yeah, with some of the stuff you listen to? Definitely. There's there's certain certain music that I listen to, like, Sunday afternoon when mm-hmm. uh, you're kind of getting ready for the weekend. It might be, uh, like, I don't know, Crosby, Steals, Nash & Young, something, yeah. you know, some of their earlier earlier albums. Uh, maybe some Joni Mitchell, or, or I'll put on some Miles Davis later in the evening. Um, I typically don't use, listen to jazz first thing in the morning. I like something a little bit, maybe a little bit more upbeat, yeah, some rock, a little more energetic, a little more energetic, kind of get me pumped. Um, but yeah, there's certain there's certain certain music I think that is specific mm-hmm. for a particular particular time. There's like, just some album like a lot of the Portishead stuff. That's another one. It's like nighttime is yeah. Like, they're nocturnal albums. Yeah, yeah. Like, and I just have a whole list of them where it's like I play it during the day. I'm like, it's just not the same. Right, right. But Massive Attack Mezzanine is like number one on my list that as is far a, as nocturnal that albums a, yeah Noct- that has a fantastic album to listen yeah. to late at night uh, I've been trying to get into some Radiohead that's another mm-hmm. that's a, that's actually probably a good example what I was saying earlier yeah. is a band that I didn't quite get into because mm-hmm. you know in the late 90s um, but I'm I'm coming back into they're, they're on my playlist yeah. uh, here and there um, I didn't have a, a very deep appreciation for them either until sort of later yeah you know. right right um, one band that gets, you know, is not, you know, I think like bands like U2, everyone kind of, yeah. you know, hates them. But I think when you, you know, kind of start talking about U2, oh yeah, I love that song. I mm-hmm. love the songs off Rattle and Hum or Joshua Tree. Uh, another band like that is Coldplay. Yeah. Yeah. Coldplay. I mean, their later stuff's okay, but their second album, um, I guess resonates with me quite a bit. There's a lot of songs on there. Which the one sign- is that? Rush of Blood of the Head? It, Rush of Blood, yeah. the Rush of Blood of the Head. Yeah. So, um, um. I know probably a lot of music stuff. Now, Coldplay. That's well, that nice. was one of those albums, like, come, you know, early 2000s and late 90s, like, that was one of those, like, turning point albums that everyone sort of remembers. Like, that's... It, it definitely... That's... Yeah, yeah. And, uh, um, yeah, so a lot of... The, uh, uh, Green Eyes, you know, in that song, he's he's he gets, he's in a bar and he's singing mm-hmm. about how important this girl is to him and he's there trying to rekindle that relationship and, and singing how important the scientist is another song yeah. where he's singing about you know he was busy with his career and with things that were important mm-hmm. to him that he that he missed that 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 what you know the romantic connection that he was trying to make with her um uh, a warning sign on that album too is another so the whole song is i think about this guy looking back realizing mm-hmm. how he 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 overlooked this 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 lady in his life. Um, I don't think it was Gwyneth Paltrow because I think yeah, before, this I was like pre, yeah, before that, yeah, I think he was yeah. singing about that. But um, um, yeah, uh, that that album. Uh, I don't know where we're going with this really exactly, other than mm-hmm. just just to say that uh, certain albums sort of like speak to you and yeah. kind of reach out to you. Even even albums, uh, you know, not not you know. Real obscure albums, mm-hmm. but uh, you know, Coldplay is definitely uh, that particular album. So that's great. Do you? I come to find 
I like lyrics that have a little more ambiguity. Yeah, yeah. You know, I like a lot of System of a Down stuff is very political. Um, not necessarily. Well, I won't say they're not blatantly political. Some of them are, but like one of the a big appeals to, for Deftones for me is sort of you know the, everything. There's there's things are left open for interpretation. Mm-hmm. You know, and they've Chino, who's the, the lead vocalist, has always said. You know, I don't want to push people and tell people how to think. You know, I like to kind of leave things sort of open-ended, and, and I've always sort of appreciated that. So I don't know if you're yeah. one of those ones who sort of likes things that induce a little more thought, you know, or if it's... <laughs> yeah, I want to say that I'm that my my lyrical choices are more deep. I, I keep thinking, well, I'm, I, I really go down to instrumentation yeah. <laughs> when it comes to it. But, uh, you know, I guess I'm in, in my transparency talking about uh, the Coldplay album... I think that the lyrics there help to help to sort of bring out something, mm-hmm. you know, something a little bit more heartfelt, something a little bit more, um, you know, deep yep. within that. So, uh, um, uh, but but you know, am, ambiguous lyrics. I'm trying to think of some of the artists I listen to that may have some a little more abstract, uh, something that's that uh, um, causes you to think a little bit more about what they're saying. A lot of Radiohead songs are, I think, yeah, are fairly ambiguous. That's know, true. Yeah, yeah. Um, gosh, I'm trying to think of the the. Uh, I think it's. I think it's. Uh, shoot, let me see if I can. Sorry, I'm going to my phone here to <laughs> find. Maybe this this might be unorthodox for. Uh, no, it's fine. Uh, um, <clears throat> uh, let's see here. I mean, I don't like overly ambiguous. I don't want them to be, you know, bizarre, like, psychedelic yeah, stuff where they were talking about wizards on a mountain or something like that. But I feel like you, you sort of get more of an emotional attachment to music when you sort of apply yourself. Like, those lyrics, you, you take them and make them what you sort of want them to be. Yeah, yeah, that's that's cool. When the artist, you know, doesn't quite give you everything right. in the song. Yeah. He sort of holds back mm-hmm. and just gives you pieces of what he's probably thinking, and it's left up to an interpretation. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I do appreciate that. And I'm trying to think of lyrics from Radiohead, but they're. Um, I know Tom York. When you, if you read his lyrics, it's it, you know it's not spelled out all right yeah, there. Yeah. Particularly on his new his latest album. It's been out for a while. Moonshape. Moonshape yeah. Pool. There's a couple songs on there uh, that I was like, wow, this this really identifies with. I think it's Desert Island Disc where he's talking about there's all types of love. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of opened up my mind thinking there's more than one story. Everyone's kind of on their own journey. Everyone's mm-hmm. kind of got their own experience. Um, and where when I was younger, I thought, no, there's only one particular way to to find, you know, to find what right. specific, you know, it's what's like A to B. Yeah, it's A to B. Line. Yeah, it's, there's yeah. a formula here. Um, and what I'm finding through music as we're talking through this kind mm-hmm. of kind of kind of discussing uh, the you know ambiguity in, in lyrics is that you know there's more than everyone's you know like I said everyone's on their own journey everyone has their own experience and um, I want to be sensitive empathetic to mm-hmm. that you know and and, and and music definitely you can you can get that through music absolutely uh, yeah well we're at about an hour and a half man wow it goes quick <laughs> every time yeah it goes quick uh, if anybody wants to find the vinyl group 
just on Facebook and there's an Instagram? There is an Instagram page. The Instagram page is more specific to myself. You know, it's a lot of, it, well, the way Instagram, as everyone knows, the way Instagram rolls, mm-hmm. it's sort of, you know, you, you know, can't manage it through a group. It's just basically, unless right. you have somebody doing it for you. <clears throat> so the Instagram page, hashtag Low Country Vinyl Addicts. Um, or at Low Country Vinyl Addicts on Instagram. That's just that's another way for people to get a hold of you. And, yeah. If they're interested, they can find yeah, if, yeah, if they want to find out what I'm about musically and also kind of understand with, you know, the kind of music. And I, and I try to represent on the on the Instagram page what I think everyone in the group likes, you mm-hmm. know, and I, tr- you know, I try to be very open. I, I'm not uh, specific to one to one genre. And then our Facebook page is um, Low Country Vinyl Addicts. And... Um, <clears throat> And really, the name, you know, the the meaning behind our name is, uh, I know it might be a bad connotation with addicts, you know, being <laughs> like, uh, you know, if something. Anyone who's bought records, though, they understand. Oh, they There's totally the, understand. You, yeah, you end up buying, you know, planning to get one, and you walk out with five. That's true. Yeah, yeah, that, that's so true. I can't tell me, I can't tell you how many times I've been to uh, Monster Music or or Graveface. So long. Oh Monster's yeah, Monster's awesome. Oh, that, that's a great, great. Um, I have to really give a shout out to uh, to a couple, you know, Graveface. We talked about them. Mm-hmm. Um, the Record Stop, Bruce Berg. He's on our on our Facebook page. The Record Stop, which I'm not sure how many people are familiar with. That's I've never heard of it. yeah, it's in Charleston. Um, they've been there, I think, a year or two. Okay. Uh, it's in Charleston, off of um, off of King Street, mm-hmm. a little closer down by the Music Farm. <clears throat> and he's from New York, and he's been there for a little while. He's got a great great selection and he says he can find anything that you want so i have to give a little shout a shout out to them um <clears throat> and then uh the uh coastal empire record store in uh right outside of downtown savannah and and again you know i've been here about what, seven six years but I'm, I'm still not entirely familiar with with every you know all the mm-hmm. you know how to get around savannah and so forth so but i've but been any- here since 2004 and i'm still not still not <laughs> So um, yeah, so the place is amazing. The place, yeah, so all the all the marshland and so forth. But, um, but yeah, so uh, yeah, Coastal Empire Records, and then I'm probably forgetting a few other places. But and then, like I said, Sonny has his his, his little record record thing going out out of his uh, out of his uh, storage unit in uh, Port Royal. And then David Anderson at Nevermore Books, we've mentioned mm-hmm. him a number of times. But um, but yeah, so these guys are on the group, a Low Country Vinyl Addicts on Facebook. Um, it's by invite, so we're a group there. So, uh, so check us out. Um, I don't really turn anyone away. If you and you don't have to collect vinyl really yeah, to join yeah. our group. If yeah, just a music. Yeah, just connoisseur. Yeah, music music connoisseur. Mm-hmm. Um, we do a lot of trivia on there. Mm-hmm. We and it's all genres. So if you're into <clears throat> if you're into country, if you're into pop, if you're into R and B, rap, you whatever you're yeah. into, I want to know about it, and I want to get you part of our group and. Uh, and uh, you know, and, and share your music knowledge, history, mm-hmm. and experiences, and all you know, kind of all the kind of like the conversation yeah. we've had tonight. Yeah. Um, that's really that's really what we're about. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> so yeah, like check it. us out on Facebook. And then uh, we've been trying to do vinyl nights once a month. Uh, we had been doing about on average about mm-hmm. once a month um, at uh, <clears throat> different locations here in Buford. Um, you know, we've done a few at Common Ground Coffee House, a couple at Hemingways. The first one you guys did at Common Ground had a ton of people at it. Yeah, I yeah, that seen was the video and being like, wow. Yeah. We actually had some dancing. Uh, Chris, Chris Bacon, my good buddy, he dropped some uh, <clears throat> some Blondie uh, Rapture. He dropped that album, that song, and 
oh that sent the uh, the group into a mm-hmm. frenzy and they were dancing and uh and so so yeah so so that's pretty much it awesome yeah well i appreciate it man well, thank you, Justin. It was really a, really an honor, a privilege to, yeah, to be the first absolutely. guest on here. I'm glad you picked me. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's, uh, that's really cool. Um, so anything else I can do to help, let me know. Sounds good. Yeah. Thanks, man. Yeah. yeah.